Let's go. Come and get me, motherfucker. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of our Tickets for Two podcast, where we aim to provide our unique insights on your favorite movies. And today, God, man, we are talking... I don't know why we're doing this, but we are talking about Halloween ends. <laughs> What's there not to love, Andrew? I, I mean, it's it's Halloween. It's Halloween. It's one of the most beloved horror franchises of all time. Strong fan base. I love the original 1978 Halloween. It honestly just might be... I'm not a big horror guy. It's probably my favorite horror movie of all time. At the very least, I'd like to watch it at least once. Um once a year, especially around Halloween time, and it's the end of this new kind of spinoff trilogy. They they started with uh, the 2018 Halloween, which was basically a direct sequel to the 1978 one. They retconned everything else before that. They just dumped it into the corner, and honestly, I don't know why, because this is all garbage too. No, um, the the 18 one was good. Kills was not great, but I still enjoyed it. And now we're at Halloween ends. It's ending. It's actually over. I think the uh, the producer said that, you know what? Someone might carry it in the future, but we're not going to do that. So this one's set four years after Halloween Kills. And, I mean, what the hell is this movie even about? What is this about? Is this about Halloween? I, I, I have no idea. It, this, this felt like Days of Our Lives. It was like a soap opera. Like, what are we watching out here? I don't know, man. This is crazy. I have never seen a Halloween movie to begin with, but I think everybody knows who this is. I think Michael Myers is that typical character that you see every Halloween. Everyone knows the story, but you don't even need to watch the movies. It's just that classic cult um, horror character that you just can never get enough of. It's, it's so classic. It, it, it's fun to always see every, every time around this um, this year. But I just didn't... I didn't. I, I didn't make me want to see the other ones. I know before on our last podcast, and I know before we saw this one, you recommended me to see the very first one, the, the 1978 movie. Yeah, you got to see it. I believe that. I definitely agree. I probably should. I never got around to it, but I'm never too like interested either because I feel like just through pop culture, I already know like what it's about. I'm sure like it's really cool directed by the amazing John Carpenter, which Jordan Peele hails to be like one of the greatest horror directors of all time. It's very nice to know that this, that movie holds up in like a lot of people's favorites, like, like yours, but this movie just like, you don't even need to know much about Halloween. You could just tell it was a bad movie. I'm just going to get that out right now. It's so weird, Andrew, because I don't know about you. I was never really bored in it. I wasn't checking my phone. I was actually, I don't know if it was just because it was so, it was so bad. It's so, it's just good and you want to watch it. But even though I was engaged, I'm just like, yeah, this is terrible. This might be like the worst movie that we've reviewed or talked about on this podcast. It, it, nothing about the plot made sense. The characters were just doing the most unnatural things. It was so corny at times and the movie takes itself way too seriously that's the main issue it's like okay if you're gonna take yourself so seriously then why on earth is it so bad everything in this movie takes over what two three days it felt like it should have been two three months and nothing makes sense and we, we honestly we gotta just go into spoilers because that's the main issue with halloween ends it's just a bad story the story's just terrible it is terrible interesting concept uh-huh. but a really 
poorly told story, weird pacing at times, but it really just comes down to like, what were they trying to actually achieve with this? I think this is the very first time I've ever went to a movie theater and I've wanted to walk out. I have, wow. I have sat through incredible amounts of movies in my lifetime, even like the M. Night Shyamalan, Avatar, Last Airbender movie. Like, I- I've sat through many horrible things, but at least I've been entertained before. Like, it's kind of, like, bad but good-ish. But this one yeah. was just, oh, my God, man. Like, I almost walked out of the house, Andrew. Because <laughs> you saw it on <laughs> Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> I, 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 Peacock. It was on Peacock. And what a, what a terrible streaming <laughs> name. But, uh, yeah, I'm just like, this is this is really bad. But we got to finish it. We do it for the pod. We do it for your love and support. Yes, we do. That's why we're here talking about Halloween ends. But I can't even imagine, Andrew, your experience watching this in the cinemas. So, like I mentioned earlier, i never seen a single one of these. And it made me feel kind of in a unique position that I could have fresh eyes, just no narrative before, nothing to hold up to it, like a, a certain standard. Like, for instance, what if I did see the 1978 Halloween movie first you know I would have had that as such a high standard that maybe I would have thought this movie was you know the worse than the emoji movie but (laughs) just going into it have you seen that have you watched the emoji god no I never did I I know that has like such a cast of voice actors I can't even bother which I have a whole gripe with voice actors right now that's a whole thing is it because of Bayonetta 3 (laughs) with Bayonetta and because of the Mario movie so <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. but uh going back to what we were talking about i i went in with to this movie with fresh set of eyes and i just couldn't understand who greenlit this entire project just sitting in that theater i was like why are we following this kid for like an hour and a half why what what development needs to take this long like I think any person, I think even like a a high school film elective student could put this movie together in a better way than whoever this guy was that directed it. It was almost like a shameful disrespect to the original. Yeah, well, I, mean, well, I think David Gordon Green. I mean, he made. Uh, I'm pretty sure he directed the 2018 um, kind of soft sequ- soft reboot sequel of halloween that was actually a really good movie that was a really good movie he directed that one i don't think this one's that as as poorly directed as it is just poorly written and then it's written by a whole bunch of different people with directors included danny mcbride's there well i think he was in the 2018 one wait, and then wait, like, like, like the comedian for- danny mcbride that's right danny mcbride yeah he's, he's he's been part of this whole like halloween reboot team wow that's yeah. sad. and him and a couple other guys they wrote it and that's really where it comes from it's like i I appreciate them trying to do something different. You know, this whole parallel. You, you see it right from the beginning. It was so obvious. Uh, the main guy, Corey, he's walking up the stairs. Yeah. Um, gets his knife, you know, the knife in his first second. His shape, his shadow is like Michael Myers. So you knew that was kind of the story they were going <laughs> for. But then it just, it, it, nothing about it makes sense. It's like the corniest, it's like Anakin Skywalker um, from Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith. It just kind of <laughs> goes full rage out of out of completely nowhere but it's not even the worst part of it andrew the worst part was uh the niece the other sorry the, the granddaughter the nurse what what is going on here this guy shows up 
at work for like eight seconds and she's so into him i've never seen anything like this and if it's just like just like un- unrealistic love expectations for incels oh or my god right they hang out for 30 minutes and then and then she's just totally into him she goes visits him she's like oh my god you know I, I came here to see you at his little dad's junkyard and all that and i'm i'm like what what is going on this, this is this is the fakest shit i've ever seen i mean that town consists of like what four people total so like you're all the kind of bar every night yeah so she has very limited options of who she's gonna go after she sees this kid like oh i've seen him on tv i don't care what he i mean she knows what he did but well speaking of which let's talk about what that kid did or Corey. Cause yeah, that's, man, that's, I mean, first of all, that, that opening scene was freaking hilarious. I started laughing. I'm sorry, <laughs> it was just funny. You mean when he kicked that door down at Mach five and just launched that kid <laughs> through the stairs? <laughs> the, the the kid just did like he. he it, I thought he was uh at the uh, the Beijing like Olympics or something. This is the Olympic doing, like, diving. Thousand backflips. <laughs> it just la- just 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 didn't stick the landing. I mean that was unbelievable. Man, I absolutely t- crushed his neck. Kind of a kind of scary from the parents perspective of course but it was just like what the f i was saying that's what the movie's about it's saying it's saying like okay so michael myers is we don't really know, you know he's crazy because he's crazy whatever who cares and then you got this guy Corey cunningham it's a parallel it's, it's society has made him like you know it's asking that question you know is michael myers inherently evil okay maybe but Corey cunningham you know maybe he, he was a good boy but society turned him into this way okay interesting concept but F on the execution. <laughs> Man, okay, so that that brings up the age-old existential question. Are people born good or born bad? Well, I, I, we brought that up on our previous con. Look, I, I think uh, I, I think it's society that uh, ultimately changes people, but so naturally, they're, so they're born blank. folks are going to... Not blank. You're going to gear towards a little something. Maybe some people are a little easier to, to seduce into the dark side of things, but other, for other folks, it takes a lot more. But I think for the most part... Um, there is effect on people's experiences and that sort of thing. Did you have a different opinion? I forget which pod we talked about this on. We did talk about it before, and it's always funny to bring up. But no, I, I feel like people are born bad. I don't know what that says about my psyche to any therapists out there. And I think it's just the, <laughs> I think it's the the social constructs of the world that we have put in place that just put everyone on a good path. But. Aside from all that, I want to go back to talking about Corey. Because this guy, we cannot blame him at all for the failure of this movie. I think he was a great actor. Good actor. Yeah. He was incredible. Yeah, the, yeah. the amount of emotion that he showed is such a great contrast on the beginning. He was so bubbly, so lively, full of joy and happiness. And like his face was like so evident about of that. And then after he the whole glasses. incident... The glasses. <laughs> and then after the as, incident... As soon as he goes evil, he's got 20-20 vision. <laughs> he doesn't need the glasses anymore. He's like, I don't... The glasses are for nerds and, and nice guys. I'm yeah, not a nice guy. Only I'm a, punks. I'm bad. It's crazy. And then, like, th- that whole incident, like, just changes him. And he goes to, like, this dark, deep persona. This emo, goth kid. And, like, his facial expressions are just so well done and well made. Like, I'm so interested yeah. in seeing, like, what this kid does in the future. But, like, my God, like... Definitely has potential, but I hope this, this, this one doesn't, like, like bring him down. Just blacklist him in Hollywood as, yeah. oh, you're in that I, I movie. It, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> when, when he killed that homeless guy, I know that was, like, purposely a signal of, like, his, you know, like, like his cementing his transformation into a murderer. But, I don't know, I feel like... 
to explain this to me how did michael myers end up even being in a sewer how is that his home so i i honestly don't remember how halloween kills ends i, th- I think he does kill um laurie's daughter at, at near the end but there's this, this really sick scene where he gets stabbed by a bunch of people and then he comes back to life and he kills them all i don't really know why he's in the sewer um it seemed like i thought i was watching it uh chapter two for a second <laughs> it was really confusing my man michael myers is freaking washed you know, it's sad to see your hero's age. Uh, uh, well, you know, I shouldn't say hero, but you know what I mean. For for those yeah. of you into the little stabby stabby, uh, those uh, Jeffrey Dahmer fans out there, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, just just sad. You know, it's kind of like watching. Um, yeah, it, it was terrible to see how old he's gotten. Can't even muster up and hold up his knife anymore. I mean, what's going on? Come on, come on, Michael <laughs> Myers, get it together, man. I, this guy was like invincible. In the last movie, in Halloween Kills, he was he was stabbing everyone. He, he was killing every single person in that movie. And all of a sudden, like four years later, like this is it. I mean, that's Father Time catches up to you quickly. All right, give me a rundown. Who is this Michael Myers? I didn't. I don't know why is he like invincible to literally anything. I honestly don't know. Some people say he's like a parallel to the devil or Satan or something like that. I think when you look at the original Halloween sequels, it's kind of explained in there. I'm pretty sure like him and Laurie were siblings, but they retconned that idea. Like they threw it in the trash. Um, I'm sure there's like a deep down reason. Um, I think it's just more like symbolically parallel uh, with, with like Satan or he's the devil or someone like that. Um, but I'm sure there's some dumb backstory out there that no one really ever wanted to know. So sorry <laughs> if I uh, disappointed you with this isn't, you know, if you asked me about Game of Thrones or House of the Dragon, I'll encyclopedia for you. But yeah, uh, no, for sure. Uh, Halloween, Michael Myers, not my best thing. I think it's one of those mysteries that I kind of want to keep that way to where like, I don't really need to know his origin, but I also am kind of curious if someone, you know, just comes up and tells me, but I don't want to Google that sort of thing. Like to me, the, the mystery of like these cult characters kind of sits well with me there, there was one so you talking about Corey. let's go back to Corey cunningham oh boy so this guy he's he kills a few people and he comes back and it's like he goes right to his like girlfriend well i don't know how they're already together after like eight hours and then he's like i killed someone and she's basically like like she gives him these eyes like she's like attracted like, to like, that tell me she's that like, again oh, but slower <laughs> tell me that again. was it another little boy was it, i mean she's like oh my god i love you i don't like i i don't know like, you know, was she attracted to people who, you know, had their own issues or was she welcoming for someone to protect her? I don't really know because there was that old guy at the diner. You remember that cop? Um, It was like her ex-boyfriend or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that fat dude. Yeah, yeah. So that guy comes over and then he's, um, you know, talking to them. And, and poor guy is just inviting them over for like sponge cake. He's like, you guys want to come get some sponge oh, cake? Oh, we, we know? know what that no, guy no, was no doing. Problem. We know. Listen. It's just sponge cake. He was right? trying you to go, put the bigger stick on the table. It's like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, gotta, you just eat some. You leave. You're good to go. But, I, I mean, that's all he did. And then Corey drag, drags him to, like, I don't know how he went up in the sewer and just, just goes ham on this guy. I mean, this guy's a freaking psychopath at this point. Just completely blew up. And I guess the, the, the granddaughter didn't really know. But at the same time, it's pretty obvious and she's just becoming more and more attractive. Uh, I don't know. And they're riding the motorcycle around. And I'm like, what freaking movie is this? It, it was like, is this Drive? Yeah, is, it, is, <laughs> is this, this like, like the first drive? Top Gun? It, like, it's all just random <laughs> motorcycle scenes. <laughs> yeah. You know what would have been great? 
you know what would have been amazing? Michael Myers and Corey riding that bike around. <laughs> I mean, how, how did he get M- Michael Myers into the doctor's house, right? They had to drive together. They just hit Someone him off on was the passenger see, princess. See you tonight, bro. 8, 8, 8 p.m. <laughs> I'll pick you up. You think Michael Myers is an iPhone or an Android guy? I think Michael Myers definitely is Android guy. Yeah, he, he has the Google Maps pulled up. He tells Corey what exit to take. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, they met up over there, and she's like, "What's this coordination?" Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, "What the hell?" Like, you can forgive those things in a lot of different movies. I, I I totally understand, and yeah, that you know, saying like how they meet up there, it's a little nitpicky, but the whole team up and what goes going on there, and their relationship with the daughter, which was ninety percent of this film was just done so poorly that how can you enjoy the rest of it you know it, it that's why it, it comes so down for for both of us it was so jumbled up in a big giant mess i feel like they had an idea but like just my prediction would be that they had a good idea and then somewhere during filming i think something changed and they're like oh my god now we got to do this and this and this that would be my best guess because there's no way a movie could flop this hard and be so cluttered with just nonsense like like what was it like the scenes of of like just anything like hey that leads me into our next question pretty much well well, give me well actually before we get to the next one give me one thing you liked about this film genuinely speaking like is there anything you actually enjoyed i would joke and just say the ending but i think (laughs) i think something that i genuinely enjoyed man okay like okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, oh wow, that was actually cool. It was well done. Th- it's like, like, yeah, something that something that you re- you reminded me of this last night. I think what was really cool was when uh, Lori faked her suicide. I think. Oh come on, you stole mine. That that was really really cool. It was really badass. But like then no, the cops never even came. Like you would expect like a cop hearing a suicide call that they would just start booking it, breaking every speed law there is. But no, no one. Ever- that, that, that's a good pick because that was definitely one of the highlights of the film. Is, is Lori at her peak? If you watch the 2018 Halloween, you'll see a lot of that, Andrew, where she's just a total badass in that film. It's absolutely lovely. And I think if they had reversed it and made this one kind of like the first one, where there's this more mellow it's set years after and then made the last one where Lori just goes absolutely ham like getting all these weapons and chainsaws and fire uh i don't know all these tools it would have been absolutely badass yeah okay so th- that was the thing right so i was told um by, by my brother who i went to go see this with that this that she is kind of like a john wick of of, of a character where she's like super good at firearms super super good with weapons a good fighter like i was told that before the movie and i saw yeah. none of that i, I was <laughs> yeah. i was so let down and even the beginning of this movie they showed her right like at a gun range training what was all that for if we didn't get to see any of that? And yeah, all we did was focus on stupid Corey's story, being at a bar in, in, in a costume party. Like, where was the horror? Like, my thing is this. Halloween, this whole franchise, this whole movie, this whole character is based on horror, gore, on violence, and like just spooks and scares. And wow, did they try so hard at the beginning. So, so hard with these pointless jump scares that they were trying to do, like with a kid popping out or with like, you know, opening a door or something like that. Like they tried so hard to jump scare us when nothing was even happening. There was no tension, there was no build, no nothing. Just a boom, you know, sound effect. Like we're supposed to fall for that. 
This movie had no original elements of a horror movie. Not even Halloween. Like, Jesus, where's the pumpkins? I didn't see anything Halloween-related. Like, just that costume party at the bar. Yeah, just like the opening scene. Something like that. Yeah. It's just like really in the intro. Um, Yeah. It's really sloppy. It's very soap opera-y. There was one moment that I really liked, and I think it's the one where they go um, to that DJ station. Um cory and, and the, the his uh his girlfriend and they're basically the guy is like you know like get the hell out of here yeah. before i like you know <laughs> yeah. beat the crap out of you guys although he, you know his face gets smashed in later so that was a uh, another lie by that guy not much of a you know fighter but it was it was a cool scene it was it was um okay so i want to switch over into talking about in general what we liked about it what we didn't like about it we don't need to talk about the horrible acting or the writing but was there any other elements about this movie that kind of made you think that there was some redemption at any point or was the whole thing just a bust for you like i said i i think the movie does a good job of keeping you engaged i was never bored i think there is a purpose behind each scene as it flows from one scene to the next even though it's not really well executed in my opinion it did keep me intrigued you know for example Corey falling over the bridge and then he gets dragged into the sewers and then you know, he meets Michael Myers, and then he comes out, and then he goes, you know, to the diner, and then there's the fight with the, the police guy. Like, there's something happening in every scene of this movie. It's not really wasting your time. You have that whole junkyard scene with the dad, who was my favorite character, that that guy um, in, the, uh, in the, the card shop. And even those scenes that are, like, kind of, like, cheesy and, and just weird, they weren't boring. So... Considering the fact that there's a lot of bad movies out there and they're also boring, I have to check my phone 50 times during the film. Um, this is one where I didn't have to because there was something pushing the uh, the plot forward. Uh, anything else stand out for you? I remember I was munching on a box of like those mini crunches, little snacks, and oh, in the great. theater. I even had they're amazing. I even had like crunch, a- crunch, crunch, crunch is such an underrated. Chocolate See, that's right. what you know, I say. Chocolate. So underrated. Nobody believes me when I say that Crunch deserves more praise. Like that, something about that is great. But I was munching on those. I had a hot dog, and then when I ran out of both things, I was out of like things to keep me awake. I wanted, oh, I wanted no. to just nap because I, I, I just couldn't deal with it. So, in general, we already talked about kind of what we did like about the movie, like the you know fake suicide scene. And then everything else, I just absolutely hated. I can't, I can't give this film any much praise. It's just, it's just like sad to see this. Like, what was the director thinking? Like, when, he, like, for example, I don't, know, I don't know what the producers were thinking. How did this even? How did someone watch this as a final cut and be like, yeah, re- release it out there? Like, <laughs> come on now, they put it out to fail. There's got to be a point where the director was like filming a scene. Like, for example, like in the sewer when like the 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 cop ex-boyfriend guys like following Corey and like he sees the tent and then like he opens the tent and that body falls how is a director like shooting that scene he thinks yeah this is the one like this is great like there's got to be a point where you have some self-respect and you say like we got to rework this thing but and then and then that goes to my main point that I think we've talked about before in other podcasts how much control does the director really have when it comes to filming movies is it all based on a good amount in this one 
So then why... I think David Gordon Green had a fair amount of control because he, he I think he did all three of this reboot sequ- uh, sequel uh, trilogy. God. So, and he's one of the writers. So I think he had a fair amount of input on to what they wanted to do and how they wanted to do it. Then he has a bad vision. I feel bad. Because I know John Carpenter, the original guy, he's still like a producer on this, right? I believe so. But I mean, you know, it might be one of those like exec producers where he shows up and it's like, ah, looks good. But that, that, that's <laughs> your baby, you know? Like that that's something that you worked hard on. And like the, you see someone else. In, ah, you're right, Andrew. When those checks come in, you don't give it crap. Which is hilarious. Because I, 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 give me two seconds. It's hilarious that you say that because I think everyone knows that the news that you know Harrison Ford has joined the MCU, and the, oh, yes. the, there was a clip that resurfaced of when Harrison Ford was doing press for Blade Runner with Ryan Gosling. One interviewer asked Harrison Ford, what's it going to take for you to join Marvel? And he says in a joking manner, show me the money and I will join. <laughs> and there's no doubt that they probably did that. And Marvel, Kevin Feige probably gave a buttload of money to get him on board. And you're right. They probably gave John Carpenter like a bunch of money. Of like, hey, we're going to do what we think is right. Does this blank check look good to you? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm too, yeah, I'm like, too old for this. Old now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He doesn't care anymore. You know, secure the uh, the pension and for the grandkids and their grandkids, and you got that family money for the rest of your life. I mean, he's probably already loaded, but I mean, let's be honest. Celebrities, you know, the, the, sometimes the green knows no bounds <laughs> when it comes to uh, to making money. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think about the uh, the little uh, little kiss scene? And I'm not talking about Corey and his girlfriend, but Corey and his mom. <laughs> Oh my god! I, my whole theater gasped of like, did we just see that? Like, this ain't Game of Thrones. This is it. <laughs> like, why would they do that? I want to know the notes that somebody wrote either in the script or on set, where they went up to her and said, "Okay, you're gonna be panicking and you're gonna kiss him on the lips." Was it an accident? I want to know, like, no way, please. No, it's intentional. It's, it's to show that you know, there's like, you can tell the whole film, like, the the mom has some unnatural, weird attachment to her child. Maybe because of the whole the murder of the the uh, the, the kid he killed accidentally, and then she, you know she wants to go over and beyond and really protect her son. But it, it's just it's just funny because you also had the scene before that where she slaps him across the face, yeah, and they have this whole shouting argument, and and then it just kind of pans over to the right, and the dad's just sitting I was gonna there say that like, right after that he's just like watching, like oh yeah, go at it, like yeah, <laughs> oh no, dude, I love the dad. I, I was hella sad when he got blasted in the face by that dumb band geek. I know. I was gonna do from that distance that kid is a sharpshooter like he has some aim that for well, apparently not uh, well i mean because he, he hit the wrong target but he got the wrong target at the right spot like that that still counts for something you know there's a difference between accuracy and precision and this guy <laughs> this kid had the accuracy you clearly studied your math <laughs> to know the difference <laughs> how how is okay how is Corey? Just so strong and beating up cops and stabbing people. Now these these three, these two three kids, they beat him up like throughout the movie. I have like what on earth? Do you think like he gets powers when he puts on the mask? I was, or something? Yeah, I was gonna say that it's probably the mask that just gives him the powers of sin, and he just starts wailing on people. But that's what I would guess. But Jesus, like the murders like that they could have happened a lot earlier like they were brutal like the poor kids i felt bad for the girl under the fence like she stood up for Corey, and oh. and she still took <laughs> took her out 
But what, what about her, like, one-liner? It's like, it's like you know, you're getting crushed by a fence right now. There's the serial killer running around. And then um, the friend's like, I don't know, someone said something to her. And then she's like, no, you're dead. And then Michael Myers or Corey comes and stabs, like, her friend. It's just kind of like, really? <laughs> oh, like, you're getting yeah. crushed by a fence and you have time for a one-liner like that? You know she's going to ride that little scene for the rest of her life. She's going to go through college, like the real actress. She's going to go through college. Oh, yeah. She's going to be at every Thanksgiving dinner and be like, hey, Look! Look at this! <laughs> I said that. <laughs> Unless you, know, you never know. Maybe she becomes the next superstar. Just kidding. Um, no one is coming out I of got that. Very movie. Stranger Things vibes from those kids. No one's gonna come out of that movie a superstar. Maybe Jamie Lee Curtis, but she's already one. So she's already on. Yeah. Maybe the Corey Cunningham guy. I hope so. That, again, like we said, that kid has potential. If I was, a, if I was a casting director, I'd look at that guy and be like. You look like a third leading man, not a leading you, you man. You look like a not a coach. He looks like he's like, f- you know how old he is? I think he's uh, like twenty five. Is it just me, dude? Does he look not look like a young Willem Dafoe when he opens up like his mouth and smiles? He's got that Green Goblin like that kid looks like about he's, him. That's all I would see throughout the film was young Willem Dafoe. That kid looks like he's thirty eight. I don't I don't believe at all for a second he's like twenty something. He's twenty five, dude. But he looks like he's like. Doesn't he look like he's forty? Yeah, he's old. He's an old dude. I'm telling you, Willem Dafoe, man. Maybe <laughs> a little Green Goblin prequel. I'm calling it out. Hey, listen, Green Goblin, as a youth, Corey Cunningham, or Rohan. <laughs> What's his what? name? What? Rohan Campbell. <laughs> That's your pitch. <laughs> I know that you were mentioning to me earlier today and before that there was one scene that stood out to you that you are anxious to talk about. And I'm excited to hear because I don't know what it is. So let us know real quick. What is that one scene that you couldn't forget about? This scene, Andrew, just made me really depressed. I'm like, after this, and I'm thinking now you know what I'm talking about. I'm like, okay, it's time to put this franchise to an end because it was sad. It was pathetic. It was depressing, and I think for any major Halloween fan, it might have ruined their day or night, depending on when you saw it. And it had to have been when Corey Cunningham goes back into the sewers, and he's like, you have something of mine, and or something I want, and he tries to basically wrestle with Michael Myers, and you have this weird zoomed-out scene, and it's just so sad to see Michael Myers just get beat up by this dumb kid lose his mask and it's just like you're watching the whole scene from afar like is this actually happening is the great michael myers getting his ass handed to him by this guy and losing his mask it was just pathetic and it just ruined the whole film and put a very bad taste in my mouth and then because it ends and then towards the ending you have michael myers come back and fight laurie and all that and it's kind of like well i don't really fear this guy anymore because he got beat up by some teenagers i know he's old but isn't he supposed to be like one of the greatest you know villains of all time but just that you know the scene when they're just fighting in that sewer was really depressing and i absolutely hated it i think that's where the love for this franchise yeah like you mentioned just died it's over um but one thing that's interesting is uh what i was reading uh, a couple days ago is, is i read that after the the i don't know how many halloween how many halloween movies have you seen in general like a few i've seen four now so i've seen the original i never watched any of the sequels to the original oh. halloween and then i've watched this new trilogy okay because i know that so what i was reading is i have it pulled up here that after the halloween h20 movie the 20 years later 
Apparently, the producer of that movie, he inserted a clause into the film's rights prohibiting Michael Myers from ever being killed in future movies. Wow. So I really wonder if they're going to hold you know hold that up well his his mask is just on because the whole end of the movie i'm wondering like they're carrying the body first of all they're carrying this body through the town and everyone's going around to watch it and it's like how do people actually know it's michael myers how do they know it's not just some old guy that they're putting into the grinder right yeah like no no uh no due due diligence or anything but i guess they had his identity from when he was in prison in the 2018 halloween but anyway um the whole time i was wondering where's the mask where's the mask is someone gonna pick up the mask like some kids gonna find the mask and it's like no it's just it was on her desk as a trophy and then blue oyster quote don't fear the reaper starts playing for whatever reason I, can we stop using that song in movies <laughs> <laughs> and then uh yeah it's just over so he's dead i mean he he's grinded up and the mask is just sitting there in her house as a trophy yeah i i, I know uh i think I was reading an article that the original, like some of the original actors of the Halloween movie were talking about how they were sad watching this one. And they mentioned how like Michael Myers was just so weak. How you mentioned just getting beat up by a kid and that yeah. at the end, and, and uh, I'm reading right here. It says so long for a Halloween Michael Myers movie and the end for him not to show up and not be strong as fuck. So yeah, it's unfortunate that a lot of people's favorite, you know, cult classic movie is, hopefully coming to an end yeah it's coming to an end in that sense and i think it'll be a while until we see a reboot i could be wrong about that it'll eventually happen maybe under a different production um but you know andrew it, it has to happen again later for there's no way nothing ever is really gone in this day of franchising and you know concerning the fact it came out on peacock the same day it's still made a decent chunk of money at the box office it's the worst performing out of this new trilogy but you know, money's money. My, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they only listen to how it does in the box office, not really to review critics. I mean, look at, you know, for example, Venom from Sony. It did so bad by reviews, but made so much money to, like, make a second one. Yeah, but this one this one has bad audience reception as well. Like, people hate this film. Even, like, the I'm sure some people fans, who like it too. Out there. Yeah, yeah, the hardcore fans don't like it. I can't see this. People like you, I can't really see it bringing in new fans. It's just an absolute mess overall. One last segment that I want all of us to jump into before we wrap this up is we're approaching that time of the year, that, that, that time of the year of Halloween, of spooks and ghosts and ghouls and trick-or-treating. And a lot of people love this holiday season. So in the spirit of that, Santi, I'm really curious. Do you have a go-to favorite Halloween movie that you like to watch around, around this time? I do, Andrew, and I think I mentioned it earlier. I might not watch it every year, but anytime the 1978 version of Halloween is playing, I'm like, all right, it's just perfect. You know, it's horror, but it's not too scary. It's set on Halloween night. I mean, what more could you want from a film if it's absolutely perfectly? I do wish, I know we reviewed Hocus Pocus too, that there was more kind of lighthearted Halloween movies, more kind of family-oriented Halloween movies. We don't really get too much of those. It's always about, you know, horror and stabbing, and I kind of get that because those make a lot of money. Um, I do have also a soft spot for The Nightmare Before Christmas. That might be a Christmas movie, but because it's set in Halloween Town in the film, I like that one as well. Uh, do you have an interesting pick? Is it Hocus Pocus 2? No, you took it away from me, actually. I was going to say The Nightmare Before Christmas is probably going to be the one that I don't really see often because... 
I, you know, Halloween is fun and all, but I don't really treat it as, you know, a big deal. But if I don't watch that, I usually watch uh, the Charlie Brown's uh, Pumpkin Patch movie. Mm-hmm. I think that one is forever going to be my favorite. I think growing up, I was determined to one day learn the Charlie Brown theme song on piano. And to this day, I still can't get it, but it's it's on my list, on my bucket list before I die. I got to learn it. <laughs> to learn what? The, the piano? The Charlie Brown piano theme song. Oh, yeah. Do, 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 you got to do, do that. Yeah. But you know what you should do first, Andrew? You should watch <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, that's going to be on there. One day I'll get around to that. But and then watch Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings. I am not going to watch Dragon Politics. Lord of the Rings, I probably will. I'm kind of curious. I don't mind it. I like the wizardy, wizardy world of Lord of the Rings and R.R. Tolkien. I think mostly because of anything, I love seeing people do like a lot of trivia about lord of the rings like there's so much in there that is i don't know fantasy it interests me so maybe yeah i'll do that never game of thrones that thing is just gonna be forever something i don't care about that's fine enjoy your mcu <laughs> at least we have werewolf by night which is now another halloween movie people can add to their it list. could be it could be one yeah it could be one you throw on it's only if you know 50 minutes long I, I i totally see that one it could be one of those hits every halloween so with all of that put together, as our fans and our listeners now know what that means, Santi, tell us, out of five tickets, what do you give Halloween ends? Andrew, at the end of the day, when you are the third film in a trilogy and you're called Halloween Ends, you got to go out with a bang. Unfortunately, Halloween Ends goes out with a whimper. There's some stabbing, some supposedly over-your-head deep metaphors. A lot of soap opera that doesn't need to be there and you know some more gruesome kills that you know eh, just just lose meaning after some point um it's not really a lot of fun i wouldn't really say it's scary at all it's kind of in the middle i wasn't bored to tears um but i can't really think of too many scenes or anything that really stood out to me as something that i like and overall i would say it was more fun to make fun of this movie than it was to actually sit down and enjoy it andrew i give halloween ends one and a half tickets out of five give me your score yeah this movie was absolutely atrocious it was one horrible waste of my time waste of my money i didn't even have my movie pass so i couldn't even get a free ticket to this thing i had to dish out the funds yeah it was i I could have given you my peacock account (laughs) i should have just signed up for the free trial because that's all this is worth Ah, man, I, like I mentioned at the very beginning of this, this is the first time that I ever wanted to walk out of a theater because I just couldn't take it anymore. It, it burned my eyeballs, it burned my soul, and I am very sad that someone like Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be attached to a movie like this. I feel like she deserves better. Um, I wanted to give this movie a solid one, but I have to say the end of this movie saved it. I think Jamie Lee Curtis and the Michael Myers fight was well choreographed and pretty well done and very, yeah. and very, and caught me off guard a lot. So I got to give it points there. And because of that, I have to agree. It deserves a 1.5 of being just the, probably the worst movie I have seen since the dawn of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because it's not, the worst movie I've ever seen, but because it, everything's just so aimless and empty, that's what brings it down. It's kind of, okay, what was the point? You know, I didn't really have a good time. I didn't really have a bad time. 
at least other bad movies they're just so bad but they try to be so bad you know they're trying to do something and this one just just falls on its head so now that you all know our score and we and we are curious about what you might think uh, about this movie too tell us let us know on our instagram if you've seen this or not and what you thought about it we are very curious to hear your thoughts but next week we have a very special episode that we want to kind of tease to you guys so santi let us know what are we reviewing next week andrew next week we'll be reviewing ticket to paradise starring julia roberts and george (laughs) clooney i've been looking forward to this one for a long time i'm tired of all these serious movies and superheroes and i don't know you know just give me something chill give me a little rom-com give me something simple that i don't really have to uh think too hard about no unfortunately andrew we'll be reviewing the lovely black adam um social media reactions to that were extremely good everyone's like oh my god this is gonna be so it's so good it's like the best dc movie reviews just dropped a couple hours ago they're really bad already under 50 percent on rotten tomatoes hovering around 40 on metacritic but you know what andrew i wouldn't be surprised if this turns into a sort of aquaman or like you said venom situation where you know the fans like the movie a lot more than the critics and then it, yeah. you know word of mouth spreads and people go to see it and they have a good time because even though this might not be one of those films that kills it in pre-sales i could see a lot of walk-ups to the box office people being like oh it's the rock it's a superhero movie okay i'm gonna go check that one out um so i wouldn't be surprised if it's a big success with uh, the audiences it's just the rock doing rock things and i think i was telling you this earlier i have no idea what it is about this man but he attracts you to his movies i even saw san andreas just because it was The Rock, even though that was also a very poorly made movie. But because it was him, it just attracted me too. I was like, okay, you know, why not? It's like he lends legitimacy to projects, even though I don't remember the last time he's been like in a really good film. Maybe Jumanji, but yeah, <laughs> you're right. I like, yeah, Jumanji's good. You know, who, you know who's the better wrestler turned actor? It's Dave Bautista. D- yeah, Dave. Hey, what about John Cena, Peacemaker? Come on now. Oh, John Cena. And bl- have you seen Blockers? Yes. Yeah, he's great in there. John Cena's yeah. a really talented actor. I've just seen Batista more so in those smaller roles like he was in Dune and Blade Runner 2049 yep. and, of course, Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't talk shit about Dune, Andrew. I, 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 don't, I love don't Dune. Do I, I just don't want to waste my time watching it a second time, but I love Dune. <laughs> all right so for those of you who sat through all of this thank you very much for listening to another episode of our tickets for two podcast and we can't wait to see you next week we'll see you then